Welcome to Dodgers Daily. Casey Porter here, joined by Austin Brubaker, as we are. Well, we haven't really nailed down a day each week. We're both so busy. It's like, hey, can you do it here? Well, no. How about, okay, so we finally get it nailed down to one day a week. I think we're going to standardize it to Wednesday nights, like it always has been the live show. We've had to kind of move around based on some schedules. Also going to add a, a Sunday night live show with Coach Holt as well. So trying to, what the offseason, what we're doing here is we're trying to, to make most of our shows live and then all the videos just be interviews and prospect features as far as that goes. So trying to get more interaction from the fans. So Austin Brubaker, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Casey. Love doing these live shows, especially now that this is the off season. We have a little bit of time, at least with a couple of our evenings, instead of watching a lot of the baseball games, we can actually interact with the crowd. So I think that's a really cool future that we have. No doubt about it. Good evening, Ila Shiva. We hope to have a good crowd tonight. And hey, it, there was kind of that dead period. That dead period is over. The Dodgers have less than a week to determine who's going to be on their 40-man roster, which will then determine who's going to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. We have a show that's coming up with that. We haven't determined. We're either going to do that Friday night, Saturday morning. I think that's what we determined. What in Austin? Yeah, one of those two times. Yeah. And that'll probably just be a show. I, that probably won't be a live show. That'll just be us recording it so we can put some video behind them and stuff like that. But uh, so this is not going to be a Rule 5 show. This is going to be a show that's dedicated solely to the the players that that uh, decided to exercise the free agency options in the minor leagues. Yeah, so uh, this is, man, Baseball, as far as the offseason concerns, especially when it starts, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of dead period for a lot of these organizations. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of different moving pieces, and one of those moving pieces isn't just at the major league level, where all the focus is right now at free agency. Where, who will the Dodgers sign as far as major league talent? This also impacts people on the minor league level as well. So what you've seen, if you've been paying attention to Twitter, some of the transaction logs throughout M Major League Baseball, there are a lot of players at the minor league level who are now becoming free agents. Now, there's a specific rule where if they have six, I believe, years yeah. of service within the minor leagues and they have not been added to the 40-man roster they will be eligible to become free agents. So this isn't Dodgers necessarily getting rid of a lot of these guys. It's, it's solely a lot of these guys being able to be free agents, kind of being able to see what opportunity kind of lies ahead. Um, I'm sure it's for a lot of these guys, perhaps a little bit of a scary venture, especially because they weren't added to the 40 man roster. Um, but there's a lot of really good and really talented names that could be changing organizations because of the free agency. So I think it's important to highlight that and highlight the whole process Major League Baseball front office has to deal with, not just with players at the Major League level, but players at the Minor League level as well. Either she wants to know what the emblem on her hat is. So this is the uh, a, a secondary logo to the Great Lakes Loons. Nice. Back when they used to play as the Great Lakes Camels, they had a mascot that was featured quite a bit, Rally Camel, Louis Loon's best friend. Ah, um, nice. So this is a hat in honor of them. I believe there are still a couple hats available. 
at the Loon Shop. I don't know how much longer they will be available, but this is a it's a pretty sweet hat, and it's got a lot of detail to it. So there were several of them. Just read maybe the top ten that that kind of struck you the most as far as Dodgers minor leaguers that became free agents. Yeah, so there's a bunch of names. A lot of these names you'll recognize are guys that during the last offseason – uh, guys that signed kind of minor league deals to try to stay and see if they kind of more as depth on the minor league level, as at least in the front office is concerned, uh, where they could potentially work their way up. But there are some noticeable names, guys that have been with the organization for either a long time or noticeable guys that we've been talking about quite a bit. Uh, one of the guys I know that you've been talking about quite a bit is Ricky Manasco. He is a minor league free agent right now. Guys like Mark Washington, Justin Yurchek, Luis Diaz, Emanuel Vargas, Yusniel uh, Diaz, Aldrich Acosta, Ismael Contra, Ronaldo De Paulo, uh, a lot, Kenneth Betancourt, a lot of really talented individuals who either the Dodgers have picked up in the past on minor league deals or have been in the organization just a long time are now free agents. They can kind of, as far as my understanding of it, can sign with any other team, can look to see what the best opportunity is available for them. It's still possible, I think, that the Dodgers could potentially re-sign them. I don't know exactly what the process is. Uh, but for a lot of these guys, there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward, whereas in the past, there might have been more of that certainty. So a lot of really talented individuals that we have and will try to continue to highlight. Um, there is some news about them be, being eligible and selecting that free agency aspect. Which one do you think sticks out the most to you? I, th I think Ricky Manasco is a huge one. I think he's somebody that has shown quite a bit uh, recently, particularly to be in that bullpen. I don't think it's necessarily ultra surprising to me just because of uh, the aspect of Dodgers being having the mindset, and this is in the mindset with Justin. Run in the fourth, a run in the fifth, and a run in the seventh. That they can have a four nothing uh, lead. Bullpen pieces anywhere. Um, I think some of the other ones, um, and again, this is just because they haven't necessarily been added to the 40-man roster. I don't think any of these guys, uh, the Dodgers clearly weren't planning to add to the 40-man just because there was a very, there's a roster crunch that the Dodgers have, and there's very limited space on that. Um, but there's some other really talented guys. I think of a guy like an Emanuel Vargas, who I've been very vocal about him last year when he was in the Midwest League in 2022 being the best player in the Midwest League and if you look at stats like weighted runs above average he had the most in the Midwest League that season um I look at a guy like a Luis Diaz who this past season has been one of the most dynamic players that I got to see not just offensively with the bat but also uh, defensively, I saw him make some plays that saved a game, particularly in Peoria. I saw him be able to use his feet, use his speed to create chaos on the base paths. Uh, he's somebody that's been really exciting to me. I think with all of these guys, I think it mostly came down to the fact that the Dodgers 
didn't have a lot of space on their 40 man. They had been in the organization for quite a long time. And so what happens next with them moving forward? I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know what the Dodgers kind of, what their overall plan is as far as that's concerned. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of talent and I think it would be foolish if for these guys, uh, if the Dodgers don't pick up or don't find a way to get them back within their organization, I think it'd be foolish for any other organization to pass on a lot of these guys because they are so incredibly talented. I think the two that are the most imminent closer closest to, of course, this is not a rule five situation. So yes. even if these guys sign a free agency contract, that does not mean that they have to go on the other team's 40 man. So they could just become a minor leaguer in another organization the same way they could be with the Dodgers. What this tells these prospects, what this tells us, what these prospects were told was by the Dodgers, they are not going to be put on the 40 man and protected from that rule five. So now you go out and you, and you try to, to see if there's anything better out there, better opportunities, which I don't mean this to be negative or insulting or criticizing towards anything. I think just about anywhere else would be a better opportunity for somebody like Mark Washington or Ricky Venasco. And I, like I said, I don't mean that negative towards the Dodgers. The Dodgers just simply have too much talent in the organization and not enough spots on, hey, you know, in our last show, Austin, I said I don't know how many different times, this offseason is not about money. The value is not money for the, the Dodgers. The value is roster spots. <laughs> I mean, trying to find roster spots for guys like Mark Washington or Ricky Benasco. I assure you, if they lose those two guys, they are going to hate it. They are not going to enjoy losing Ricky Benasco, who is approaching 100 miles an hour. But, you know, they don't have room for him. There's, it just logistically, there's no – Ricky Benasco came to the Dodgers from the Rangers – he got himself in a position to where he's very attractive to other clubs. So, you know, he kind of he, he was able to use the Dodgers system from that scenario. Maybe the Dodgers get to keep him. You know, I wouldn't think so. I would think that that other teams' rosters have more availability on them than the Dodgers. And we've also seen with guys like Mark Washington, Ricky Benasco, the two guys to me that would be closest to the major leagues, the Dodgers just don't value – relief hands you know they don't they don't value right-handed relief arms in the sense that they feel like they have to protect them and 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 use a valuable 40-man spot because they feel like they can go out and get a guy you know like we've seen in the past even going back to like an Evan Phillips type guy you know who they got I believe off of waivers and then you know uh, you know so and then who was it that Chris uh what was his last name that the Dodgers Martin Chris they got Chris Martin last yep. year yeah, you know, and they got Ryan Brazier this year. Yep. So, you know, you can kind of see that writing going, coming on the wall. Man, I love Mark Washington going all the way back to two years, Lehigh, and then, you know, Episcopal Academy. He was one of my first interviews. He was just so gracious with his time. I interviewed him again this year. Awesome young man, smart young man, very talented. What I really hope happens to him is he goes back to the Phillies and does really well. Yeah, that He's would from certainly Philadelphia. be awesome. Yeah. No, and I think I think with Hold all on one of second. these, I want to make yeah. it real clear. I root for these players above all else. Period. Yes. Any discussion? And I, I, I was if just that makes somebody to, mad. I, sorry, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the reason why we're taking time to dedicate a show in part to a lot of these guys is because with a lot of these guys, we've been able to see them, we've been able to cover them. Where 
a lot of people kind of see the just the major league side and they get attached to a lot of these guys just when they're on the major league side. We spend a lot of time on the minor league side, so we get attached to the guys on the minor league side too. Uh, so with a lot of these guys, no matter what happens, where they end up, we're always going to be fans of them. We're going to continue to root for a lot of these players first. Um, I think that's really important. I think this is a one of the downsides, you could say, of having an infrastructure and having an organization with as much talent as the Dodgers have. You're going to be dealing with situations like these, whereas some other teams might have more space or more willingness to give up some 40-man roster spots for a lot of these players. Dodgers don't really have that luxury because of the overwhelming talent that they have and the necessity to bring in additional high-end talent during the offseason to help them push for a World Series. So with that, I think the opportunities for a lot of these younger players are extremely limited. You've seen that this past season with a guy like a Michael Bush, who was tearing it up in the minor league level, didn't really have an opportunity at the major league level. So a lot for a lot of these other guys within the organization, it's going to be extremely hard for them to push for a major league roster spot. Think at like both of the first basemen that Justin Yurchak and Eamon Olvarius. Yeah. They're blocked by Freddie Freeman right now. It's going to be very difficult for them Ward to find. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for them to find a way within the Dodgers organization. Both of those guys are extremely talented. Eamon Olvarius consistently, and I mean consistently, has his WRC plus over 100. Not just 100, but well over 100 too. Look at a guy like Justin Yurchak. Man, what was it, two years ago that he was hitting 360? Yeah. Uh, and also doing some other good things. He's going to do both of those guys, I think, would have better opportunities potentially and other organizations to move forward, which is one of the reasons why I believe this free agency for the minor league level is important because you don't want the Dodgers just to have these guys, just to keep them at the minor league level. We want these guys to be successful. We want these guys to advance. Even if it necessarily isn't on the Dodgers, we're going to be fans of these players uh, because we've seen and kind of grown up with a lot of these players or at least watched part of their journey. We want to see that journey continue. So with that, for all of these guys, whether they find a way to stay with the Dodgers, which I think we would love because we'd be able to continue to cover them more in depth, or if they move on to a different organization, we'll continue to be fans of them. And uh, they're going to do some great things still. I think the only one that potentially could stay with the Dodgers would be Vanasco. And I think that's because the Dodgers could offer him, you know, hey, yeah, you're not going on the 40 man to begin, but we love you. We're going to offer you more money than anybody else could. And we think that you could be on the 40-man by, say, July. That's a real opportunity for you. Because this dude's good, man. I mean, it, oh. so I, I think Mark Washington's gone. I think, you know, hey, they've, he's been injured the last couple of years. I think if they – if if he they, the Dodgers have had every opportunity to, to promote him to the major league level. Uh, I think Justin Yurchek, he's not the type of offensive player – that the offense that, that the Dodgers want at a first base position, although we know he has a great hit tool. You know, hey, last year he got off to a terrible start, and then he, you know, had a very good finish to it. You know, but he he he's a very good hitter, 
just doesn't hit a whole lot of home runs. Now, his OPS is usually pretty good, but his home run numbers are only like, you know, 10, 11, 12. And for a first baseman, that's just not going to cut it. As far as from a Dodgers, a Dodgers, you know, just a system-wide philosophy on what they want from that position or any position for that matter. I think he's gone. I think you know the one that, that really kind of sticks in my craw is Luis Diaz because that dude is – man, you saw oh. him a lot. I got to see him a lot at, at Tulsa. What yes. a special athlete. I mean, this dude is a great oh. athlete. He can play shortstop. He can play third base. And when Luis Diaz gets hot, this dude, I mean, he gets really, really hot. I know you've seen him a lot, so talk about him. Yeah, no, Luis Diaz. Honestly, I can't say enough about him, especially this past season. I got a glimpse of him uh, a little bit in 2022. Uh, and what you saw a little bit of him, he was actually able to display his power quite a bit during his limited time in Great Lakes. Uh, but then he turned the page over into 2023, and his first 17 at-bats or so, first 20 or so at-bats, he probably struck out a good half or two-thirds of the time. Just a really... It was a really rough struggle getting adapted to some of the cold environment. Uh, but what I saw after that was a turnaround in his game, in his mindset. He was extremely passionate about the game of baseball. He wants to be out there. He's super athletic, as you mentioned, being able to go through multiple positions, his speed, his versatility, his aggressiveness. He, there's almost nothing that he's willing, not willing to try on the base paths. And then his hit tool, too. Man, when he gets hot, he gets on fire. There's a lot of pop in his bat that shows up at times. Uh, he's also able to use some of his speed to extend plays. He's able to uh, get to second base. Uh, just a really dynamic and full player. One that is extremely passionate, can be versatile, and make really solid defensive plays. Um, just a fun, really unique player uh, that just added a lot to the system. Uh, he, he was really fun to watch for this past season in Great Lakes and was a really instrumental part in the first half of one of the reasons why they were so dominant, one of, if not the most dominant teams in minor league baseball during that first half. He was a huge part of that. Yeah, one of those sleepers. Like, I'm sure most Dodgers fans don't really even know who he is. Telling you, he's one of the best athletes in the system. Just one of those guys that just – where you play him, I mean – What's the future? It reminds me of uh, uh, who was the shortstop that that uh, the shortstop that the taller, the bigger guy that the Leonel Valera. Remember him? Yes. He got yep. very yeah. hot for for Tulsa. As a matter of fact, he didn't hit very it was weird because he didn't hit very well whenever he was with the Loons, I believe, in 2021. Then last year he just went off with Tulsa. And I'm thinking, okay, well this guy's starting to hit a stride. The next thing you know, he's a free agent. He's gone. It's mm -hmm. kind of what the, his situation reminds me of of Luis Diaz. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Leonel was uh he he was also really fun, really good part of the community, especially yeah. for uh Midland. But yeah, no, Luis Diaz, um, wherever he ends up, uh, I think the fans of that team are gonna be pleasantly surprised with the talent that he has because uh he's an incredibly fun player to watch. One of the one of the favorites with some of the people close to the organization. 
Evening Grizz Monster. We have a wonderful crowd already, Austin. Evening Grizz Monster, evening to you. I, I appreciate Grizz so much. He always comments on the videos. Leave just wonderful comments. We have, Austin, I'm going to say it for the first time tonight, not the biggest crowd at Dodgers Daily, but definitely the best baseball crowd out there. Any arguments with that? No arguments. Okay, Shiva, Austin. Okay, we already read that one. Do you ever discuss players that were in the DSL? The problem with the DSL is there's no video to be had. And I just kind of make it a rule of thumb. I think you know this, Austin. I, I don't like to make evaluations on players unless I have seen them with my own eyes. I don't like reading scouting reports. I don't like reading prospect ratings. I and I want be and the reason is when I see them play, Austin, I want to have a fresh, clean slate. I don't want to have a preconceived notion, hey, this guy can't hit curveballs. I don't have any of that. I want to have a clean slate that my brain goes in and everybody's equal when I watch them. And then when I walk away, I've made my determination who I think is the best. So the answer to that question is, is no, not really. We talked a little bit about Wilman Diaz when he was still in the DSL. And I could tell you his numbers didn't look good. But I don't. I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> I couldn't tell yeah. you if if he was working on some. You know, so I stay away from that because I, I just think evaluations from people that have never seen somebody play, which is all of them from the DSL, they just don't. They're not worth the paper they're written on. That's just my my opinion, though. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to give an honest assessment about players. I think you could potentially look at some of the numbers, but also it's really hard be to tell which of those numbers are going to translate just because of how young a lot of these guys are. I think it'd be amazing if we would be able to watch some of the Dsl i think then we might be able to get at least a little bit of a glimpse but still even at that level you don't know what the competition is they're playing against exactly uh so it's something that i kind of just take a little bit of a glimpse of from a distance i don't put too much stock into it obviously i spend a lot of time around the great lakes organization so that's those are the players that i feel kind of the best or at least have an idea of seeing kind of the ups and downs of what they're going through as opposed to some of the other teams which i don't get to actually watch quite as much um i think if there was more video more accessibility perhaps we would be able to provide a little bit more updates but because there isn't we don't want to provide any sort of feedback and don't we don't want to make up feedback too uh, and I don't think we'd be able to provide accurate assessment of a lot of these players. Yeah, I've just been around the game long enough to know that numbers can lie in baseball. You can look at a set of numbers, and that doesn't tell the story of anything that a player's doing. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, they don't always. I'm not saying they always do lie. I'm just saying it, they can. You know, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not right. gonna give an evaluation one way or another just strictly based off of statistics and numbers i just won't do that i I always give them based off of my own you know i i firsthand i account that's why i watch all four games every single night you know to get my eyes on them as much as i can okay so uh, that was a long long answer hey leroy thank you so much for joining you know i hope you come back each and every week we we love this live show we're going to try to do two or three of these a week if i can get austin i know he's super busy i'd love to get austin a couple times a week for a live show if he has the availability, I'm going to get Coach Holt on Sunday nights. I know you guys will love, I mean, you will love conversing with Coach Holt and asking him questions and picking him his brain. I know I love doing it, and if I love doing it, and if you love baseball, you'll love doing it too. 
Austin is an absolute stud on these live shows because he has all the statistics. He knows all the players, so it's wonderful. We're going to try to nail down maybe another night a week so we can get three live shows in a week, you know, two with Austin, one with Coach Holt, and, and uh, maybe Andrew Hickman, too. If he, he, I know he's very busy. So uh, we're, most of the shows in the offseason are going to be lives like this so we can keep interacting with the audience. You got a problem with that, Austin? Not at all. Sean, one of the best baseball fans out there, one of the best Dodgers fans out there, unequivocally, no doubt about it. Hello, everyone. Glad I can catch an episode of Dodgers Dogs. Well, we are so glad that you're here. Sean Craig says, hi, Michael. Okay, Michael is in the lobby. Sean, Will Smith, the catcher, third base DH, and Fiducia as the backup or third catcher just makes too much sense. Austin, dive into that. Yeah, can you repeat that one more time? Hunter, uh, Will Smith, kind of a combination of third base, DH, maybe some first base with Hunter Fiducia uh, as the backup catcher. He says th- that would make too much sense to him. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be that's going to be a really interesting decision to see what the Dodgers do. I mean, we're not diving full into the Rule 5 discussion today. We can kind of touch on it a little bit, but Hunter Fiducia is one of the main decisions that the Dodgers have as far as deciding if they have the space to be able to add him on. We've been talking about the talent that he has. Some a, lot, a lot of the numbers seem to indicate that he does really well. Our eyes indicate that he's a really good catcher. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting decision to see what the Dodgers decide to do with that backup catcher. I think with Will Smith, I think ideally you would like to get him some time to be able to rest. Now, this is ultimately going to come down to some decisions that the Dodgers decide to make as an organization, some of the plans they decide to make as far as roster construction. Will they have opportunities at the DH position? Because if they decide to go all in on a certain free agent, that DH position will not be available for Will Smith to be able to rest. So, Do you decide to transition him to a different position, like a third base, or once in a little while on Freddie Freeman days day off at first base? Um, I don't know necessarily what the answer is. I think what we've seen at the minor league level is their Dodgers have been using a lot of that third catcher with a lot of their catchers having some positional versatility so being able to adapt that to the major league level i think potentially would be ideal just so you have a bunch of different options um i don't necessarily know at this point what they're going to do with their backup catcher austin barnes is still under contract i think regardless they're going to bring him back decide to do yeah, I think regardless of what they decide to do, they're going to have to pay that contract. So I think right now um, they are going to more than likely bring him back just because he's still under contract. They want to keep that depth at catcher at least a little bit, uh, and I think they trust him. So with Hunter Fiducia, it's going to be – it's. I mean, it's a very important for week for him coming up to see if the Dodgers are going to add him to the 40-man roster. If they don't, I expect some team to pick him up, in which case he'll be on the major league roster, and that would be amazing. I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be very difficult. Because I think they're going to bring Barnes back. And you have the depth with Car- the depth with Cartaya. Carson Taylor's already at the AA level. I know Cartaya struggled last year. But Dalton Rushing is going to ascend very fast. 
I mean, he's going to ascend very fast. Then you have Yander Fernandez, Griffin Lockwood Powell, guys. Hey, don't sleep on this guy. Talked to Justin Robleski last week who threw to all three of them, and he actually four of them. Max Huey threw to him too. And I can tell you Justin Robleski went on and on and on. Hey, Griffin Lockwood Powell, his catching skills, his his framing skills, the way he throws down to second are elite, okay? Yeah. And then he is just a terrific hitter. Probably the most underrated hitter in the entire Dodgers organization. He's a big guy that does have pop, but he's the exact kind of hitter I've been talking about. He uses the middle of the field. If you listen to the Dylan Shotka interview we had, Dylan told you point blank, hey, the guys that get all the hits, they use the middle of the field. They use the opposite side of the field. I was actually talking about Jesus Galise, one of the catchers of the Rancho, when he mentioned that. And Griffin Lockwood Powell, you saw that, Austin. He does that. So you have good depth at, at the double-A level that is imminent with Diego Cartaya, Carson Taylor, who I think when he gets healthy will actually show people how good he is. Then you have below that, you have wonderful catchers, three wonderful catchers, Janer Fernandez, Dalton Rushing, and Griffin Lockwood Powell, who are going to ascend very, very, very fast. And then Rancho is just absolutely loaded with catchers. Simon Reed, who I've already talked to, Okay, Jesus Galise, who is who is awesome. Try this on for size. Tyrone Lorenzo, sub one eight pop time in a game on multiple occasions. Let me yeah. say that again. Sub one eight pop time in a game for Tyrone Lorenzo. He hit twenty five home runs. He's a switch hitter. He is an absolute superstar in the making. You know, and then. Uh, you know, you have you have Jesus, Galise, and matter of fact, you know, Dylan said point blank, they were throwing everybody out. You know, nobody was stealing on the Quakes, which was super exciting about me, to, for me, because it sounds to me like, you know, hey, you have Kenny George, at, who I have an interview with him. Go check that out. He's a really cool kid, by the way. You can tell with that interview how cool he is. You have Kenny George, who's that dynamic base stealing, you know, just that really fast guy. You have catchers that throw – that throw runners out. You have pitchers that are holding runners on. Hey, man, it's starting to develop from the bottom up, from the Rancho uh, Rancho level on up. That's exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it's a lot. Of, it's very exciting. You're seeing a lot of different types of players all across the Dodgers organization now, just fully adding to the completeness of the game of baseball. So you mentioned a lot of different catchers within this organization, tons with superstar talent. Talked about Lorenzo, who combined with that pop time, also had a, I believe, 155 WRC+. Plus. Yeah one of the best in the league, just unreal. There's so much talent as far as catcher is concerned. So you can certainly see an argument for the Dodgers in regards to Hunter Fiducia, them saying, hey, we have some depth at catcher at the minor league level. A lot of it is going to be a couple years away more than likely, but they still have that depth. And so I think right now the most likely scenario is for them, obviously keep Will Smith, also keep Austin Barnes as well. And wait for Dalton Rushing under- and Dalton Diego Cartai and Carson Taylor, that crop. That, that's my yes. plan. Yeah. yeah, and they would, for the next season, be able to use that as a stopgap year for guys like Cartaya, for a guy like Dalton Rushing to be able to work their way up to 
double a triple a be able to continue advance and so the next season they can make that next step and bring up some of the talent that they have at cashier i think right now that is the plan obviously things could change we're not saying that the book is completely closed on a guy like hunter fiducia but right now i think the most likely scenario is he might get an opportunity with another organization, which if that happens, I think he would get more playing time in that case. Yeah, man. Hey, when I say this, I, I don't mean that in any way, shape, or form as a slight to Hunter. I mean, I say this almost like I'm rooting for it because I, I'm attached to Hunter. I, I've talked to him in two different interviews. I've talked to him like 10 different occasions when we weren't interviewing. You know, I, I just have a, an immense amount of respect for Hunter Fiducia. And so it would be a better situation for his career, in my opinion, if he did go to another club and, uh, you know, and, and, and got picked up in a Rule 5 situation and got put on the other team's 40-man roster. So, you know, I, I don't say that. When I say that, I hope, you don't understand, I hope you understand I'm not trying to be negative towards these guys. I'm actually trying to be supportive in the sense that I think that's actually what would be best for both sides. Yeah, no, and I think I think either way we'll be able to see either see him on the forty man roster for the Dodgers, or I think he most likely gets an opportunity with the other organization. I think either is a win win for us, both rooting for the player and rooting for the Dodgers organization as well. Yeah, you know, both it's interesting. We've had some questions here about that, about Tyrone Lorenzo. Is he gonna surpass Cartaya? Okay, and it's kinda interesting, both Tyrone Lorenzo and Cartaya both have been kind of comp to that Salvador Perez type body type, you know, and, and so that's interesting. Do I think that that I, I, there's a question here from, from Hep. Good evening, Hep. Hey, thanks for this question. Do you think Tyrone will surpass Cartaya? Impossible to tell. I think, uh, I think you can't tell till you get to the double A level. Cause I'm just telling you, you know, at double A level is where guys can really start hitting holes. If you have a hole in your – now, I will say this. I think just for my baseball acumen, which is way less than anybody in the professional organization that the Dodgers put on the field. So this is just a, a guy just talking behind a microphone that maybe knows a little bit about it. Just watching them both play, I, I, I've said for two or three years now that Diego Cartaya has a hole in his swing. I think you know that, Austin, to where mm-hmm. he both he, – you know, he swings with a negative bat angle and lifts the hands – I've been saying that for two years, and I've also been saying that I'm interested to see how it's going to play out when he hits double A, when guys can hit that hole, because when you swing like that, you can't hit the inside part of the plate. It's just impossible. You block everything off and push it to right field. So I've been saying, hey, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens when guys start hitting that hole. I don't see those holes with Tyrone Lorenzo. I don't see any holes. I see, as a matter of fact, what every time that, that I see him play, I, I actually, the, the way I describe it, it, his swing, it's a mix between Robinson Cano and Juan Soto. That's, you know, that's kind of the vibe of the swing that he has. So when you say that, it's hard to say because they're in such different levels, but I do see a sweeter, smoother swing that has less holes in it from Tyrone Lorenzo. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting for me, particularly because I'm assuming that Lorenzo is going to be called up most likely to Great Lakes to start next season, uh, especially with some of the guys at Great Lakes probably moving up to Double A. Uh, so it's going to be a li- it's going to be interesting to see kind of how he adapts to that 
Great Lakes environment. Uh, I know that Diego Cartaya was extremely successful at the high A level. Making that jump up from high A to double A is one of, if not one of the the most difficult jump in the minor leagues. So uh, with Diego, I think there's still an incredible amount of talent. I think there's going to be some adjustments, some very important adjustments that he's going to have to make during this offseason. And I think if he makes those adjustments, he has the tools, he has the talent to still be that top-end prospect that the Dodgers fans have been hearing about for quite a long time. I think the reason why this conversation is being had right now is because of how talented a guy like Tyrone Lorenzo is and the numbers that he had put up in the California league this past season mentioned it earlier 155 WRC plus is unreal he has immense power he has a lot of different tools and a, what you mentioned as a really solid swing with very few holes in it as well which that can translate as you move up and then you also combine that with his defensive ability as mentioned uh by hitting coach Dylan Shotka uh over for Rancho, just mentioning the pop time in-game, sub-1-8, is just unreal for a catcher. Um, and so I think the reason why this conversation is had is because of the immense talent and tools that are on display for Lorenzo. I think Cartaya still has a bunch of tools and talent, obviously closer to the big league level. There's going to need to be, he's going to need to make some adjustments in this upcoming season and prove why he is a top end talent. Right now, Lorenzo kind of has a lot of that momentum because of what he was able to do at the California League. Yeah. So you're not seeing this video here, but I'm actually showing a video of Diego Cartaya. I'm showing quite a bit of video that you're not seeing here. See, this is that inside pitch that's down and in. See how difficult that is for him to get to because. His hands are lifting. Watch his hands. Well, you don't see it there. But this is the hole right there. That's the pitch right there in that position. See how he's leaned? You can't see it here, Austin, but the, the yeah. fans can. Look how much he's leaned out over the plate, and that's because he's lifting. His hands are coming up the ball. And because he's leaned out over the plate right there, look how much effort that takes him to get to that inside pitch. That is a, you know, that that is a either a swing and miss or a rollover or a pop-up to right field waiting to happen and that is what the you saw right there let's watch let's watch the hands come through there see how those hands are lifting through the ball that makes he actually got to that one but that is a that is a, a situation to where see he didn't hit a home run there he hit an inside pitch right here okay and he actually got to this inside pitch hit it off the barrel still didn't hit a home run because he wasn't able to get all the way through the baseball because he's lifting a little bit too much in my opinion that that is, in my opinion, the adjustment that Diego Cartaya. We're seeing more video here, Austin, right there. See, he's great at that outside pitch. So let me let me back that up and show you this. This is the this is the pitch right here that he likes to hit. See how he gets extended right there, and see how much more natural, how much easy, how much easier that is. Even when he's done right there, see how easy that he's ready to run to first base. He likes that ball out over the plate, and as he was in a, at a younger level. He probably was able to back off the plate and make everything look outside and be able to pull that outside pitch like he did right there. But just the fact that that looks so natural, okay, and that's an outside pitch that he just very, very, very naturally just pulled into left field, that tells you right there that there's a certain amount of going around the baseball that he's doing, even at that level and as guys 
move up, they start being able to hit that hole. So I think Diego Cartaya, he has a ridiculous amount of talent. Uh, I think he's going to repeat in double A at least for a while because right there, that's that. I love that swing, right? That was a nice swing right there. He got to that ball pretty direct. I just think that that uh, he, you know, he's he's totally and certainly 100% capable of making. See how he got jammed right there. You're not seeing it, Austin, but let me back that up for the viewer right here. This is a, we're, they're actually seeing some of my live video I got from. See how he gets jammed right here. I mean, that's about a 93 mile hour pitch that that he is just not getting to at all. That the the, the positive thing about this is that, and I'm going to kill this here in a second. Get back to us, Austin, right here. The positive thing about that is. Those are all totally, as, as a matter of fact, somewhat easy of adjustments. I mean, it's just change the path of your hands, get the barrel out front a little bit more, quit lifting quite as much, and, and we're right back on track. Those are all things Diego Cartaya can do, and if he does, watch out, because this dude, this dude has, a, I, he has a great work ethic. He's a wonderful young man, tremendous talent. And I think also that the pub, the publicity, the hype, he's, I sat next to his parents. They were feeling it. They were absolutely just sweating bullets every time he was at the plate. And this was like June. And I actually said to his mom, I said, relax, he's going to be fine. Diego will end up turning into being Diego. You don't, don't worry about it. At some point, Diego will become Diego. Just I know it's difficult waiting to get there. And she, actually, she couldn't speak English. I, I had to actually translate it into Google Translate and show her on my phone what I was saying, and then she wrote a note back that said, thank you for believing in Diego. Those are the kind of unbelievable people they are. And so I, they're so humble. I think, honestly, the publicity caught him by surprise, and when he got off to a rough start, it just, it just just he just started pressing, and he couldn't get out of it. And so, you know, and then as a catcher, as the season goes on, you're catching a bunch, your body doesn't feel very good. It's hard to get out of that rut. I, I, I'm very excited to watch – Diego Cartaya in 2023. So, uh, I, you know, these got, this is not atypical. Will Smith, I can tell you when I saw him in Oklahoma City, he hit about a buck 40 for six months. And, and it seemed like the only time he ever got a hit was about every third game and it was a home run. I was like, wow, okay. And it was the exact same problem. He was lifting and he wasn't getting to the inside pitch. So this is an adjustment he can make, and I think he will. Yeah, I think this is something that he totally is able to do. Just an incredible young man, just incredible individual, incredibly hardworking as well. I think as you go up with the at, in the minor league level and at the major league level as well, uh, pitchers are able to execute their pitches a lot more and a lot more consistently as well. And so if there is a hole, as you have been able to identify with his swing, or if there is an area where a hitter struggles – a lot of these pitchers are going to be able to take advantage of that. They're going to be able to identify it and not just, not just identify it, but execute their pitches as well. And so I think with Cartaya and with guys throughout the minor league system, it's a game of adjustments. You have to be able to adjust and figure out, identify a flaw and then work to try to fix that and then continue to adapt to the league. We see this at the major league level as well with guys coming up, rookies having to make adjustments on the fly throughout the season. You're going to see that with the minor league level as well. I have full confidence in Diego Cartaya and his ability to be able to adjust and adapt. There's an intense amount of talent that he has. He's humble, hardworking, as you mentioned. 
I've I've seen the potential or part of the potential that he has. Uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do going mo- going forward. I think he's going to remind a lot of people just how talented he is. Yeah, well, and what I'm trying to say too, also Austin, is that he's not going to get outworked. This dude, yeah. I- I've seen it. I've seen it at Tulsa. It, I'm telling you, man. In July, August, and September in Tulsa, it is freaking hot, man. And and that downtown Tulsa, One Oak, it's a beautiful facility, you know. And and one of the good things about it is, it actually, in the summer, the it the the it it, it faces directly south, so a south wind actually blows in, which in the spring, uh, which if the it's which kind of stinks if the south wind's blowing a whole lot. But what it does is it kind of makes it feels like there's air coming through there. So that's kind of nice. It kind of circulates the air. But having said that, it is hot. And and when you catch every night, Carson Taylor was hurt for a long period of time. They had to bring up guys like Hamlet Marte and guys like that to, to fill in quite a bit. So uh, he, every single day, okay, was doing extra work. This guy, he's on it, man. I, I just He's going to give himself every chance to, to succeed. Let's get to some of these comments. You're better at these, Austin. So I'm going to... I'm going to get right to Sean's comment here. White Sox GM might want to deal Robert and Cease. What would a package for Luis, Robert, and Dylan Cease look like? Andy Pajes, Miguel Vargas, Ryan Pepio, Landon Knack, Alex Vesia for Robert and Cease. Is that realistic? So with a package for both Cease and Robert, you're talking about two guys that have some years left on their deal. So with both of those guys, they'll be – I think they have two or three years, something like that, left with the organization. Um, It's going to cost a lot to get guys like that. You're talking about a dynamic player in center field, a guy who I'm not necessarily the highest on just because I think some of the peripheral numbers remind me of a guy like a Javi Baez, who we saw kind of a dramatic drop-off here in Detroit. Uh, That might scare me a little bit. But you're still talking about an incredibly dynamic player who isn't going to cost a lot for quite a while. Is he better that than? Is extremely valuable. Is he better than James Altman? Is he better than Johnny DeLuca? Is he better than Andy Pajes? Is he better than Ryan Ward? That that is up to determination. Uh, right now, I mean, he consistently puts up four, five WAR a season, which is incredible, and just so, he he provides a ton of talent. You can make an argument as far as whether he's better with other people in the organization. Uh, right now, he's an incredibly talented player. Doesn't cost a whole lot. You're talking about ten to twelve million over the course of the next three or four seasons. Well, the cost would be a, a little bit. Yes, the cost will be some of the prospects. Uh, and then you're talking about a pitcher like a Dylan Cease, who has, I believe, a ton of potential, potentially to be a number two or three type starter. Who, by the way, got outperformed by Ryan Pepio? What was that? Who got outperformed by Ryan Pepio down the stretch last year? Yes, I'll just point that Cer- out. certainly. And so you can make arguments as far as whether you think these guys would be better than the guys that you have within the organization. I wouldn't necessarily go for that trade package. It's not the profile of players that I necessarily would want. And I think there's a ton of talent in organization. Plus, mm-hmm. I think with these guys, with the White Sox, they're looking to kind of rebuild a lot of bit, a little bit. Uh, get some added young talent. We saw the Dodgers make a trade. They have uh, Nick Nostrini, um, mm-hmm. 
over there uh, now. Don't remind me. Ugh. Yeah. So um, I st- I'm still pissed with about that. that with that, um, there is it's going to cost a lot. I don't think it's necessarily the right trade package to go after for the Dodgers this off season. Um, I think a package that you identified right there could be something within the realm of possibility though. I'm not convinced that Dylan Cease is better than Ryan Pepio. I mean, I'm Ryan Pepio is good, man. I mean, he got the guy can, can reach 96. He has an elite change up that the slider has been big time. He's kind of made it more of a, He's shaped it differently. He's in the strike zone. And, of course, he didn't get any playoff. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we need to yeah. change the topic oh, yeah. Yeah. when we start yeah. talking about that. But I, I'm I'm not convinced that guys like that are better than Ryan Pepio. Yeah, I, and you're talking about Ryan Pepio, who, I mean, he's going to be organizationally wide and not cost a whole lot for quite a long time, plus you get years of control, which is what you're – looking for with a lot of these deals mm-hmm. if you want to be in the high-end market if you want Shohei Otani to be on this team you have to have guys who are younger and more controllable uh that will be able to cheat be cheap and provide some of that roster flexibility that is an absolute necessity I think Ryan Pepio is talented very talented and can be a pitcher in this organization I think that's one of the main reasons why you would focus on trying to keep him uh, as part of this team, if you want to go after okay. some of the high-end talent. Is Dylan Cease high-end? Uh, he is he is mid to high-end, I would say. So is he at one, two, or three for the Dodgers? Uh, it depends on who else they so bring So you're in. setting up your playoff your playoff rotation. Uh, let's see. Right now, um, maybe a two. If Assuming that they bring in another guy Would he be behind you, Bobby two. Miller, you think? I would say so, yes. Because I know a lot Bobby of Dodgers fans are wanting to trade experience. Bobby Miller last year straight up for Dylan Cease. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting topic. That, that, I love these conversations. They're so fun. You know, you get great baseball people together, and you start talking this, and you start talking that. You start putting trade packages together. Man, I, I can't talk. I can't get enough of that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, and and I'd love to hear continued thoughts and comments or down in the comments section about potential trade pieces because there's certain guys that perhaps you and I miss as far as potential ideas. And I don't think any of these ideas are necessarily bad ideas. I think those some that we can explore. Both of those guys are two incredible incredibly Mm -hmm. talented. They would help the Dodgers if they were on the Dodgers. I don't necessarily know if the price is worth getting a lot of those guys though yeah yeah i i uh i am not a prospect hugger in the sense that i want the dodgers to hold on to all these guys i don't i want these guys to go to a situation that's going to put them in the major leagues the fastest and the longest that's what i'm rooting for if that's with the dodgers great so i'm not a prospect hugger from that from that perspective now i am in the sense that i have a just a firm if you hear me talk about a guy okay then you know that i'm high on him okay the guys that i don't think are going to be major leaguers guess what they don't come up in our conversations right but the guys that we do talk about and this is how the organization handles things i mean they don't have they don't have conversations with guys about you know the things that they don't do they talk about the things that they need to do to become a major leaguer that they're capable of doing so you know i i think i'm fairly 
There are some things I'm not real objective on as far as these guys because I'm a little bit too attached to them. But I think as far as the prospect part of it, should the Dodgers keep them or should they not keep them, I do think I have a pretty balanced and fair approach to that because I just want what's best for the player. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's what we both want is we want what's best for the players. We also we very much care about the organization and want them to have the most talent. Uh, we think a lot of these guys are extremely talented. We want to help make the help illuminate some of the decisions that we would make obviously decision is going to come down to the dodgers uh but it doesn't hurt giving our thoughts and opinions whatever that's worth yep craig says these catchers need to play other positions i think they will dalton played matter of fact dalton rushing played first base all the way up till mm-hmm. his last year at at louisville because if you remember henry davis was there at louisville and henry davis was the number one pick of the 2021 draft so he actually had to play first base while Henry Davis was the catcher at Louisville. So Dalton Rushing has played a lot of first base. Yeah. Lorenzo is a big guy, and he's he's just he's just a really good athlete. He easily could put. Matter of fact, Dylan Ashaka mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised if he did play other positions. So I think that's easily uh, easily. Yeah, I- yeah go ahead. I was just about to mention that is something that we saw at the Great Lakes level. You talked about guys like Griffin Lockwood Powell also played first base. You talk like about a guy like Yaner Fernandez who didn't just play catcher; he also played second base as well. Uh, other catcher Max Hewitt played in middle infield as well. He's played everywhere. Yeah, uh, he, he has played. He has yeah. played everywhere. Yes, uh, a lot of the, they, especially at the minor league level, they're trying to get a lot of these catchers at multiple positions one because they have a ton of catchers and they want to get make sure that these guys get reps but i think uh implementing that at more of the upper levels as well being able to add some versatility would not be a bad idea and would be in line with what some of the things that they're implementing at the minor league level yeah the the viewers right here are seeing griffin lockwood pal there's what his vintage lockwood pal hit one right up the middle how many different positions did he play this year (laughs) Uh, I think he was just catcher and first base primarily. He, I think he might have had a game or two out in left field right. as well. Uh, well a couple games in the outfield. Uh, so there definitely is. They definitely were trying some things out with him. Do not sleep on Griffin Lockwood, pal. I'm just telling you, man. Am I wrong, Austin? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you talked about his defensive ability as well, but you also combine that with his offensive ability. I mean, you're talking about a 125, 130 WRC or OPS plus. You're talking about an extremely talented offensive individual. Uh, combine that with the defensive skills. One of, if not the best at the Great Lakes level at throwing runners out. Yeah. Um, he's incredibly talented. Yeah. I think he's as talented as any of the other guys. <laughs> this is yeah. where you got to get away from the prospect rankings. And I can tell you right now, talking to his teammates, they think that too. Oh, yeah. No, they, they speak volumes of him. And I don't mean that uh, as a slight as anybody else. I'm, I mean that as a compliment to him. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. No, and he's very very much well-respected. Also, local kid, at least in the Great Lakes area, went to Central Michigan, who I lost to Western Michigan yesterday, which I was pretty happy with being a western michigan uh, alumni uh but uh with, i want central him, michigan to lose every game they play because they beat osu on a hail mary in 2015 oh wasn't that something no it sucked 
<laughs> By the way, you were wrong on, on Bedlam. Oklahoma State won. Thought I'd throw that in. I, I, I'm very much aware. And I want, I want to, uh, I was going to mention something about that. I'm glad I don't get all my predictions right. So you remember uh, that Hail Mary that, that Central Michigan threw in 2015? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was pretty amazing. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to Griffin Lockwood Power. They're looking though, at video of him regard- right now, Austin. Yeah. Uh, he's he's incredibly talented uh, all around. He's got some pop, but he's also able to do some other stuff. Just his plate discipline, too. Being able to draw walks is something that's really important. And he has a reasonable strikeout rate as well. So a lot of these mm-hmm. peripheral numbers, I think it'd be amazing if we saw and had access to some of the more advanced stuff, be able to see some of the exit velocities and stuff. We don't ne- have all of that information. I don't but think from they the would data be totally elite have, with him. I think he's more of just a just a good hitter. He is a he is a very good hitter. I think I think there he still hits the ball really hard as well too, uh, and is really good defensively as well. So yeah, no, he's he's one where nationally. A lot. He's not getting a lot of attention, but if you pay attention to his game, you know just how good he is. You want to know the two guys that that might hit the ball the hardest? They're seeing video of him right here in the entire organization. Who's that? You guess. If I were to ask you two guys that people wouldn't wouldn't think of that hit the ball harder than anybody else in the organization, who would you say? Oh, that's that's tough. Because I haven't seen a lot of the the only exit velocities, honestly, that I have seen have been Damon Keats. Yeah. And he hits the ball. He has rockets off yeah, of that. Yeah, he does. He had a 113-mile-hour single. I do know that. Damon yes. Keats did. Jake Geloff, who the 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 fans right here are seeing, and Joe Vetrano. Yep. Those two dudes, boom, look at that right there. They, and I was talking to Dylan about Vetrano. He's, he actually, back up to Geloff. Let me go ahead and play a video back of Geloff here in just a second. Uh, Dylan actually mentioned that when they were taking BP, Geloff would hit the ball so far. Here's Geloff again. That they would actually have to have rounds of BP where they would not allow him to hit home runs. Because if they just allowed him to hit the ball the way he normally does, then he would lose all their balls. And he was like being serious. I mean, he was <laughs> laughing as he said it. But he was as serious as he could be. And it was kind of interesting because, you know, I you know when I went on Dodgers Nation with DMAC. He asked me about Jake Geloff. I said, well, you can't talk about Jake Geloff without talking about Joe Vetrano at the same time, of which I'm going to talk to uh, both of them coming up here pretty soon. Pretty excited about it. And uh, it was interesting, and it was kind of funny because Vetrano and Geloff, they had a competition between each other as far as who hits the ball harder. And and, and the shock, said, hey, I think Vetrano might. <laughs> and it was kind of funny. He's like, I don't think Jake Geloff would like me saying that. But I think Vetrano might actually hit the ball harder. He, he said the problem with Vetrano was he was just such a good hitter first. A lot of his hits were just low-line drives. And so they're actually trying to get him to hit the ball in the air a little bit more. So whenever you have those those elite exit velocities and the ball is getting hit in the air, then you know, you're know you going to have just a massive amount of home runs. But Jake Geloff, you can just tell when you talk to people in the system about him, uh, you know, this guy is special. He is a guy that, you know, and his brother's already in the major leagues. This is a guy, Jake Geloff, that is absolutely, unequivocally, 100%, no doubt about it, going to be a major leaguer and a very good one. Yeah, just amazing what 
the Dodgers continue to do and continue to find talents within the draft. We talked about it on the draft show this past season when they both took Jake Gilloff and Joe Vitrano, two guys with immense power. You talked about the exit velocities. That is extremely exciting to see. Obviously, haven't had a chance to be able to see them. Fully expect to see them coming up pretty soon in Great Lakes. And just think about that lineup of both of those guys combined with the power of Tyrone Lorenzo. Oh, Man, there might it. be a lot of home runs hit out to Buttle Street. Uh, out Listen to Austin Diamond. go. He can't wait. <laughs> oh, there's, it's going to be so exciting hitting them out to the grass. Or if we when we travel to different stadiums, uh, being able to do the funky feather because Joel Vichano and Jake Gilloff hit back-to-back home runs. Uh, man, uh, man, there's nothing that gets me more excited than that. Yeah, they're seeing video right here of Joe Vitrano. His dad actually was part of the New York City Police Department. I thought that was really cool, man. So, you know, yeah. if your dad's part of the New York Police Department, a couple things about you. You're going to be a pretty solid dude, right? And then you're going to be extremely tough. And so, you know, that that's, that is Joe Vitrano right there. Young man who actually played college at Boston College with Emmett Sheehan. So that's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, no, that's it's certainly cool. And it's really cool to see those other aspects because obviously these guys are individuals, they're human beings as well. And the Dodgers try to get some of the best human beings to be a part of them as well as some of the best ball players because they think they can utilize their talent. And it seems like they've gotten some really amazing individuals mm-hmm. as well as some amazing baseball players. Hep C says hopefully they bring back Vanasco. I totally agree with that. I, I love this yeah. guy. He is so good. Just not room on the 40, man. I mean, and he's a reliever. He's not a starter. So it's it's just hard for the Dodgers to, to justify, you know, using up one of your just most precious things that you have, which is a spot on the 40, man, with a reliever. That's only going to come in and pitch one inning at a time. I'm yeah, so curious, no. says Shiva, regarding what will happen with Michael Bush and Hunter Fiducia. Yeah, no, that's certainly going to be interesting. Obviously, Michael Bush on the 40-man roster. It will be interesting to see what the Dodgers decide to do as far as the trade market is concerned. I think it's likely that the Dodgers potentially could pursue a starting pitcher through the trade market or and with those conversations, you're going to one of the names that is going to be brought up is a guy like a Michael Bush just to, because of the Dodgers talent that they have and the uncertainty as far as the Dodgers being able to be willing to give Michael Bush playing time on the field. Do they have a designated role for him where he's going to be able to get the at-bats necessary to adjust to the major league level? There's nothing more that Michael Bush can prove at the minor league level. He is ready for the major league level. And I think the only question with him is – does he get traded, or do the Dodgers find a spot for him on the major league roster? I, don't, I think they could find a spot. I think it's going to be perhaps difficult just because of the stubbornness of starting a lot of the veterans or the unwillingness to give a lot of the minor league guys run time. I think that is one of the frustrations that we have with the organization. We touched on it with Hunter Fiducia. I think it's going to be difficult for him to see consistent playing time unless – the Dodgers decide to move on from Austin Barnes, which he is under contract, so I don't expect that right now. Yep. And uh, Mike, good evening. Thanks for joining. Yeah, no doubt. We, Mike and I almost did a live last week. We didn't quite communicate. We are actually going to get that done. Hey, have you read one of his 
He's he is a residential catcher here at Dodgers Daily. Have you read one of his articles? He wrote he 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 wrote an article about Yamamoto the other day. I didn't get a chance to read that one. I saw one of the other one, the first one that he was able to put yeah. out. Yeah, no, he's incredibly talented, yeah. and we are so excited to see him continue to uh, produce some work for Dodgers Daily, and hopefully sometime in the future be able to do uh, live with him because he's been consistent as far as the chat is concerned. Yeah, well, and he's a great baseball mind, and he and he he has you know he played a lot, and yeah, that go read that Yamamoto article. That thing's big time. That's that's a nice article. For so, sure. yeah, no doubt, Mike, we'll get that going. And thank you so much for your contributions. Ela Shiva says, Hunter Fiducia is a total stud. Okay, bringing back Barnes is not smart, is what Michael says. Cartaya doesn't seem as impressive as Fiducia or Dalton rushing. Cartaya is going to have to redo double A. Yeah, no doubt about that. Sean, if Friedman wants to bring Barnes back, we should carry three catchers. Kershaw will miss half the year at least, and Barnes will be a glorified bullpen catcher for the first half anyways. Just my two cents. So, that third catcher, I think, no doubt about it, would be Hunter Fiducia if you cap three catchers. What are your yep. thoughts, Austin? You you like to crunch these numbers. What are your thoughts about carrying a third catcher? So that's going to limit you as far as an additional player on the roster. Um, this is something that, honestly, the Dodgers do quite a bit at the lower levels of the minor leagues. You yes, saw they with do. Great Lakes, they had three catcher, three plus catchers, sometimes even more on their roster when they didn't have a ton of hitters. You saw that uh, at other levels of the minor leagues as well. So I don't think it's totally without the, out of the realm of possibility. I think this would be something where they would be bringing something from the minor leagues up to the major leagues. So I think with that aspect, I don't think you're totally off. The thing that has to happen to make that work is there has to be defensive versatility with the guys, with the catchers that you have on the roster. Otherwise, if you just have three straight-up catchers, especially if the Dodgers decide to Good have point. a DH only in their lineup, that's they're not going to have enough playing time to get comfortable, in which case I don't think it would be worth it. So I think if, if they want to carry three catchers, I think that only happens if you have the DH spot open to be able to utilize some of these guys to get some more at-bats. So that is Dodgers- a great point, Austin. And yeah, so I, I, unfortunately, I can say that I have never seen Hunter Fiducia play anything other than catcher. Yeah, and that is that's that's one of the difficult things because we see at the other levels in the minor leagues they have some of that versatility. So I think that could potentially make it difficult. And you also don't have first base open to be able to use. I know sometimes you can throw a catcher at first base, get him adjusted over there. Freddie Freeman's going to be occupying that. Yeah. And then if you have DH, if you decide to go after the big bucks and go after Otani, that's going to be clogged up. So I think that only works if the DH is open and you add some defensive versatility. Perhaps Will Smith starts playing a little bit of third base. That's when that could work. Otherwise, I see it as unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking at Lorenzo right now. The question was, was asked, do you think Lorenzo has surpassed Cartai, I think we already addressed that. Okay, uh, Gris says, Sean, they'll probably ask for Sheehan, Nack, DeLuca, Vargas, plus a minor league reliever at least. Uh, I don't think I would go for that. I think Vargas still has a chance to be a great player. I don't know why the Dodgers are so reluctant with Fedusa. Like, all we need is a backup catcher who is average at the plate and break glass emergency. 
and be break glass emergency being better than Barnes shouldn't be hard yeah especially the Barnes of last year Michael says I want Scooble Scooball to have a down year so we can trade for him what do you think about that so I will mention as a little bit of a Tiger fan myself I really don't hope that uh, Scooble <laughs> has a down year uh, Tarek Scooble is an incredible talent a left-handed pitcher um, if you don't know who Tarek Skubal is yet, you will know who he is because he is that good. He is that talented. All of the underlines numbers say it. You, if you see the stuff, he's just that good if he's able to stay healthy. Um, and so I think identifying a guy like that perhaps nationally isn't as well wide known, but who's so good and left-handed as well, which the Dodgers kind of need uh starting left-handed pitcher um i think would be something that the dodgers would be looking at so for a dodgers fan perspective uh i think you'd want him hopefully for next season just because of how talented and how good he is mm-hmm. he would cost a lot still and i think the tigers still value the talent that he has um they're He's he's just really good and would be a great addition to the Dodgers if they decide to pursue him. Um, he's still got plenty of years of control, so he's going to cost a pretty penny and then some. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. He's certainly one of those guys where if you ideally pick a left-handed starting pitcher, he's right towards the top of mm-hmm. the list. Boy, and that's a need too. You know who oh, I yeah. think Dodgers fans are sleeping on a little bit? Who's that? Johnny DeLuca. I think I just think he's a better player than what Dodgers fans actually think he is right now. This guy's so oh, yeah. dynamic. They're seeing video of him right now. What's your thoughts on him? Oh yeah, no Johnny DeLuca. I I mean I can't say enough about who Johnny DeLuca is and the type of player that he is. Uh, you talked about it. Extremely dynamic, extremely athletic too. I mean you've mentioned his story quite a bit when covering Johnny DeLuca. Uh, Man, his speed combined with his ability to hit for power and play great defense, I think is so underrated. Uh, man, you're talking about a guy who consistently performs at the level that he is asked. And his at. swing you're is talking- so short. Oh, it's it's a really, really good swing. Compact. Um, I love cons- that swing. Yeah, and he consistently puts up numbers and consist- he's consistent with a lot of his plate approach. He's has the ability to draw walks, doesn't strike out a ton, yet he still hits for a ton of power. Combine that with his ability to steal bases. Combine that with the ability to make dynamic plays, which you saw with him when in the regular season games in Texas when he mm-hmm. was able to make two dynamic and great plays. Uh, Johnny DeLuca is a really, really good hitter, which if he's on this Dodgers roster, if he's starting – four five games a week or even more i think he's going to be very productive and i think dodgers fans are kind of sleeping on him a little bit they kind of got a glimpse of what he's able to do but i think he can do that with even more consistency and he's somebody that i'm so pumped to see what he's able to do going forward with the dodgers yeah no doubt about it i i just i think he's a potential 30 30 guy at the major league level at the right year I think he's a consistent every year 2020 guy if he stays healthy. I think uh, I think he's a 30-30 guy, uh, you know, on a year that he's having a really good year. 
yeah, I don't I don't think you're too off with that at all. He certainly well, has you know he's going to steal thirty bases, and he's hit close to thirty home runs almost every year that he's been at the minor league level, and he's been hurt for at least a month every single year. Yes, you're you're not wrong about that at all. He is an extremely talented hitter, and. I mean, you talked about some of the things that you don't like necessarily about the Dodgers lineup. Don't like them striking out a whole lot. Johnny DeLuca does not strike out a whole lot yeah, in comparison runs, to a lot of the other things. And he runs and he hits home runs. I mean, what what is not like about him? Hey, yeah. here's another guy that we're looking at right here. Super proud of this young man. Dodgers drafted him out of high school, out of Gilman High School, Baltimore area. You got to see a good look at his improvement this year. How about Peter Hubeck? Oh, yeah. No, I got to see him come up uh, just a little bit. I only got to see really a couple of starts from what I remember. First one that first start that I saw uh, didn't go quite as planned. But as you saw him continue to get adjusted uh, at the level at the Great Lakes level, man, he played an incredibly important role for the loons just has a bunch of different great stuff uh for the loons team he was able to in that game three i believe it was against four wayne he was able to in combination with jerry caros uh be able to allow the loons to be able to advance so yeah no he's got really wicked really incredible stuff and he's going i believe he's going to continue to make those progressions going forward continue to learn and adapt at the level and i think I, I just like the potential that he has with the stuff that he's able to bring. Yeah, no doubt. So that brings me to this. What's the plan with Vivas? We'll talk about that here in just a second. Okay, Luzardo would only cost possibly Stone and Major League Ready outfielder plus a low minor league arm. Luzardo? Austin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um could you uh, repeat who they're talking about again? Lazardo would only cost possibly Stone and a at a major league ready outfielder plus a low minor minor league arm. Lazardo. Oh, Jesus Lazardo. Yes. As far as left left hand pitcher. Gotcha. Yeah. I was I was trying to figure out who exactly they were talking about. Sorry, uh, that's my yeah, bad. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. No, you're good. You're you're good. Uh, no, I th I think he could potentially be an option. He's obviously left handed pitcher. Uh, I believe he's with Miami right now. Um, so I don't necessarily know what their plan is. I know they have some depth as far as pitching is concerned. Um, but I don't think he would necessarily cost as much as some of the other free, other trade pieces. Austin, guys can you stand like up a little Scoogle. bit? You're kind of getting out of the yeah, yeah. frame there. there yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, guys like a... Uh, uh scoobal or guys like it some other the other guys i don't think it would necessarily cost quite as much um uh, certainly would be left-handed arm has been towards the top of the rotation for uh miami and got a couple more years of control on him too so would be somebody to look into going forward yeah no doubt about it dodgers got another stud catcher in dsl ed eduardo quintero I've not seen film on him. I have no, I know nothing about him. DJ Jesse says, nice swing. GLP, the Damino, it's incredible to watch. I feel lucky to have seen him destroy baseballs in person. No doubt. Grizz says, don't think DeLuca would be offered maybe Ward or Avens. 
I wouldn't offer to Luca. That dude's good. Geloff and, and Vetrano will be awesome together in the corners here in about two or three years. Totally agree with that. I, I love these guys. Okay, Hep C. Dodgers could have used Ryan Noda. No doubt. Ryan Noda, yeah. I think, led the league in base on balls. All of major leagues this last year. If not, oh, he yeah. was within the top two or three. Okay, in left field. And he is a wonderful athlete. I tell this about them all the time. He would take the ball off the rim in high school. He was their point guard, go coast to coast and slam. He's a wonderful athlete. He wasn't just a first baseman. He was a great outfielder, too. Okay, instead of trotting out a banged up David Peralta, you are preaching to the choir. That's why, I, you know, play put DeLuca out there instead of – I mean, it, I don't know. <laughs> That's a yeah. whole other story. Okay, yep. Amen Hep says, Sean – uh, Mike says, thank you. Sean says, definitely going to check out the Yamamoto article. He's my number one target this offseason. Yeah, man, Mike did a really good job with that. Mike Mike is – and I think Mike has another article getting ready to release here before too long, and I'm pretty pumped about that because he's done a wonderful job. DJ Jesse says, can Bedusa play third base? Uh, no, not that I've seen. If he can, I haven't seen it. Uh, Fiducia, nice combo. Smith and Fiducia, nice combo. Backstops, DJ says, yep. Okay, Tank Scooball is the 2024 AL Cy Young winner. You heard it here first. That's the Tamino. Okay, uh, Grizz says, I think DeLuca can replace Betts in right field and move Betts to second base permanently. That's a great idea. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're going to have to figure out where you want to play Betts going forward. I think, it, obviously, he's going to have the option to play second or outfield. And I think with DeLuca, if you want to give him consistent playing times, give him some of that run time to get adjusted – uh, that would certainly would be an option. I think he would run it with it, and I think he would do amazing things with it. Yeah, and we, we're getting some comments here on Johnny DeLuca as I'm getting ready to play some more video on him. Austin, just so you'll know what the, what the what the viewers are seeing here. Okay, some of the comments here on Johnny DeLuca. Johnny DeLuca is fire. Okay, I just mentioned that he could replace Betts in right field, and Betts could move to second base. Dodgers will need the Johnny DeLucas for the lefty platoon since he's cheap and the Dodgers will pay for big will pay big for Otani. It looks to me like with the JD Martinez situation, that kind of that that tells you that either they're planning on putting Max Muncie at the DH or they're planning on getting Otani, correct? Yeah, that seems if they're not gonna bring back JD Martinez, which it doesn't look like they probably won't, they could always try to pivot to that depending on if he sounds like that's a plan b at this moment that that is a plan b i think they still have max muncie potentially as dh but it sounds like they are very heavily heavy heavily evolved in the shohei otani sweepstakes sounds like they view him as one of the great players of this generation or a a lot he's just so unique and talented And they're going to be looking for ways to try to get him, sounds like. Hep C says Dodgers will need the Johnny DeLucas for the – I just mentioned that. Okay, DJ Jesse says DeLucas, fire leadoff hitter, speed defense, needs more playing time, no doubt. To Motley, I think a lot of us wanted DeLuca to get his shot last year versus bringing in middling journeyman. You're preaching to the choir. Are you on that bandwagon, Austin? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm and, on the bandwagon and, and, of, hey, if you bring in veterans, make either they're elite – or you go with your farm system. Just the middle class veteran, you might as well just use your your, your prospects at that point, I think. 
yeah and i think that's something to keep in mind obviously this is a long off season and i think we are all anticipating the day when we get to say it's time for dodgers baseball again um i think it's okay at times to let some of these guys in the farm system be able to come up and fill a lot of these shoes as opposed to the excitement of bringing in talent. I think it's super exciting whenever we hear during the offseason, Dodgers signed this individual. Sometimes that isn't necessarily the correct or best move because of the talent that you might have internally because of the financial aspects. Uh, So with that, just be careful as far as the guys that you want to add on because that's going to limit some of the opportunities that these guys at the minor league level have as far as opportunities to play so with DeLuca man I really hope the Dodgers give him an opportunity to play I think he'd run with it you're seeing right now Taylor Young play as we have a comment from the Damino DeLuca is what I think Taylor Young will hopefully be the infield version of DeLuca uh, as he goes to the org no doubt Taylor Young wonderful player oh yeah 56 stolen bases uh yeah something like that yeah no ty ah man that guy is so talented i mean you talk about his baseball instincts that he has swag on another planet yes he i mean he has a ton of swag he's one of those guys who kind of that scrappy doesn't look necessarily like the guy who's gonna steal 56 bags but he's just so smart as far as baseball iq goes where I mean, he's going to try a whole bunch of different. He'll try a delayed steal just yeah. for fun. And he'll do all sorts of stuff. He can play middle of the infield too. Uh, what I really like about what he does is his communication skills, particularly with a lot of the other hitters. And this is not something that you necessarily see from TV. You might be able to pick up a little bit. But if you go down and sit really close to the dugout, which I do quite mm-hmm. often, he is – Especially when he's hitting like leadoff, coach. he is telling the hitters behind him exactly what is happening with the pitcher. He's has that open communication with the guy on deck, whether it was free Alex Freeland or Rush Dalton rushing or whoever it was behind him. He has that open communication. He's incredibly smart, versatile, and he can draw a lot of walks too. Is very. He has very good plate discipline when he's up there. He's a really fun, he's a really gritty baseball player, too. <laughs> By the way, they're seeing him pitch right now, too. You remember that? <laughs> I, I that certainly do right remember there. They're looking at the Heapus pitch. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Watch him yeah. slap here in a minute. I'm going to watch this. He, he's holding it right there. He's holding the frame. <laughs> he walks off, and then he goes to the umpire like, hey, you want to check me? And the umpire's like, hell no, I don't want to check you. Oh, and I love the camera work What's that the, the whatever the, like, hey, the you want did on that. Uh, when he struck him out, and then there is that zoom in with the camera a <laughs> little awesome. bit towards T.Y. Oh, man, uh, that, that was a fun moment. But yeah, probably awesome. not going to get paychecks as a professional pitcher, at least throwing those pitches. But uh, he certainly is incredibly talented. <laughs> and, uh, oh, he's a fun fun player and great guy to have in the clubhouse he just wanted that umpire to check him so bad and that umpire would not do it it was so funny (laughs) ty hey by the way he just got married and uh as soon as he everything settles down for him gonna talk to him again so super excited for him 
Oh yeah, congratulations. Uh super happy for him. Great individual. It was yep. an absolute pleasure to be able to watch this past season. Well, we're about to wrap this up. We got about five more minutes. Joseph, good evening, Joseph. I like I feel like our tie is too big to be an effective catcher. Seems awkward hit skills is his only upside trade bait. Barnes should be uh, gone and let Fiducia have a shot. Yeah, why not? Outman worked okay. All right, Tomotley completely agree, Joseph. Yeah, we're all on the same page there. Doesn't look that comfortable or fluid behind the plate. Often switching leg. He crouches with one pitch to the next. However, Lorenzo, same size, very comfortable. Their best starter just went on the on, under the nice. Lozardo will be a little pricey. Okay, imagine getting Shohei, uh, the trading for Lozardo and Burns. I would love to see Mookie at second base full-time. I'm on that. Taylor Young walks for women. That's what the Damino says. Me and Austin yeah. might be in one of those loons clips, no doubt. T.Y. is a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. <laughs> That's tough. Come on, oh, Damino. Man. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, well, I, I can tell you against the uh, Dayton Dragons, I don't believe T.Y. gave up a home run. So he kind of has oh, that over him. Oh, oh, come on, Austin. Come on, man. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. Okay, hey, I think we've got about three minutes left. We'll we'll take a couple, maybe a couple more uh, comments. This has been a wonderful show tonight. Been a super amount of fun. Final thoughts from you, Austin? Other yeah, than no. other than go Pokes, Oklahoma State beat OU for the last bedlam. Yeah, I, I that will you say didn't predict give... was going to happen. Other than that. Yeah, no, I will give you a go pokes, and I'm I am happy that they pulled out the victory for you. I'm sure that was extremely exciting, uh, oh, yeah. very fun day for you to be able to witness. I'm really happy that you were able to have that. Hey, um, by the way, before we lot, move on, do you know who OSU plays yeah, yeah. this weekend? I'm sure you don't. They play UCF. I do not. What does that mean to you, UCF? Uh, Central Florida. Yeah, Alex Freeland. Did you? Totally forgot about that. That yeah. that is that is very true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about I'm, that. My brain's yeah. random tonight, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, no, I, I think we we took a lot large part of the show, obviously, to cover a lot of the guys who are minor league free agents for the Dodgers. Obviously, there is discussion about what the Dodgers are going to do going forward. But with a lot of these guys who have hit their years of service are going to have perhaps different opportunities going forward. Um, I think we want to reemphasize that we will continue to root for these guys, even when they're outside of the organization. We're very much pro these players and we want these guys to succeed. And we're going to continue along with them, hopefully being able to see what they're able to do with the talent that they have going forward. Dodgers just have so much talent within their organization. Mm -hmm. I think we saw with the the roster crunch that is about to happen with the 40 man roster is trying to identify that where a lot of talented, very talented individuals weren't going to have the opportunity with the Dodgers. I fully expect these guys to have opportunities with other organizations in which when they do, I'm going to be rooting for them. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see what they are able to do going forward. Next time you see us, we're going to be talking rule five, correct? That is correct. Not sure if that's going to be Friday night, Saturday morning, what's going to happen there, but but uh, we're going to get that going. So, hey, it's been a great show tonight. Yeah, uh, the Damino says, she's, uh, Damino says, Casey, I've been waiting all week to hear you talk about the Muncie extension. Yeah. Hey, hey <laughs> the Dodgers, they know way more about this than I do. And, like, hey, Muncie has value as long as you put people around him that can balance out what he brings. So, 
You know, it's it's one of those deals yeah. to where that that the Dodgers know a lot more about this than I do. And, and hey, it's the, I've, I've been an assistant coach long enough to know. I hey, I give my opinion, and then my job as an assistant. Of course, I'm not an assistant here, but I'm just saying. You know, you give yeah. your opinion, and then the people who make the decisions make the decisions, and then you all get on the same page at that point. So that's kind of how I approach these decisions as well. Hey, I state my opinion. If what happened, if my opinion doesn't happen, then you know, hey, you just roll with what the organization does, and you all get on the same page, and we all become Dodgers fans, and we go right down the road, right? That is absolutely correct. Yeah, no, and we know the value that Max Muncie provides, whether you love it, whether you're not as much of a big fan of it, he's going to be part of this team for the next couple of seasons. So uh, you'll continue to root for the guy. I know he's going to be working hard to try to help hopefully bring a championship to L.A. Uh, He's been a consistent part of this team, and we'll see him continue to work at it going forward. Sean says, awesome show. We certainly appreciate that. So that's going to end up. End our show for tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And for one final time, we'd like to say go Dodgers.